podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. A little bit of ASMR there from the late Breaking Boys. We should um, do all our videos like this. What do you think of Lewis Hamilton's performance? Keep breaking late. <laughs> Aye. Pump, pump the brakes, please. <laughs> F1 higher. F1 lower. All right, then. Should we go? All righty. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. We're in preview mode once more as we build up to the 2021 Pirelli Gran Premio del Made in Italy e della Emilia Romagna. Did, uh, you, did you get all of that? <laughs> uh, no, I think they fudged it, to be quite honest. Um, you know what? No, we're building up to the 2021 San Marino Grand Prix. Sue us. Sue us. Also, please don't. Um, Harry Eid and Sam Sage, you, you ready for some predictions tonight? Bold predictions? I'm buzzing, but I am speaking to you all from the year 1963. So you might uh, receive this just before the race season starts. Sam has the internet, the first internet. I, it was born here and it never grew up, apparently. <laughs> well, we'll be doing an interlude halfway through this podcast as Sam reports on Jim Clark winning his first world championship. <laughs> um, but before then, we've got some great topics for you. Um, Martin Brundle has been uh, speaking about Daniel Ricciardo and his move to Renault, brandishing it uh, a mistake. We're going to be looking at whether we agree with that. Um, Rob Smedley has had praise for Carlos Sainz for his approach to the Ferrari move. Do we agree with the way in which he's going about it? And, uh, oh, is that F1 back and forth? Oh, it is. It's going to be included later on in the show. But first of all, we've got the preview for the San Marino Grand Prix. Again, you can sue us. Um, what do you reckon on this one, Sam? Do you think a strong Red Bull performance here would confirm that we have a title battle on our hands, unless you already think that that's actually the case? Oh, I think there's a title battle on our hands. I think this is the closest season that we have had for a jolly old long time in terms of two different constructors going at it. And Red Bull were brilliantly strong here. The San Marino Grand Prix, yes, I'm calling it that for the rest of the podcast because I can't pronounce the other one. Um Unless you want to give it a pizza topping name, of course. Let us know uh, over on Twitter, at Breaking. Um, Red Bull were brilliant here last time around. Red Bull were fast. Red Bull were putting the pressure on Mercedes. Even when Red Bull didn't have the car to take it to Mercedes for the rest of the season, they were capable here. This is a track that suits the dynamics of a Red Bull. Max Verstappen loves this kind of track. That fast, mid-paced kind of sweeping corners. It matches the aerodynamics of the car. Mercedes struggled. Bottas had that big lump of Ferrari in the side of his car, of course, last time out, which definitely impaired him. It definitely allowed Hamilton to get the undercut rather, the overcut rather, and uh, get the job done. But I think on a one-on-one basis, with how good that Ferrari is, and sorry, for, I'm saying Ferrari now, I'm making it all up with how good <laughs> that Red Bull is and how good Max Verstappen is at the moment. I think we're going to see an absolute fight to the death here between Hamilton and Verstappen. And Bottas needs to turn up. Otherwise, Hamilton's going to have to pull something out of the bag again. 
will Bottas show up at Imola? I mean, the big questions being asked already of this weekend. Harry, what are your thoughts? Do you think that a strong performance here for the Red Bull guys would would mean that we can confirm that this is a title battle on our hands? I mean, I, I feel like I think we should already be confirming it um, based on based on Bahrain. I know that it's difficult because we were already testing there, but I think that car's just good for once. They've um, they've started a season. When was the last time that we said this with a with a decent car? And it was only the the might of Lewis Hamilton that kind of stopped them last time out. I think if Hamilton hadn't been there, I mean Bottas wasn't anywhere near Verstappen. So yeah, um, Red Bull would have easily won that one. So. Yeah, I think we could probably say that already. I think this weekend is going to be slightly different in that whoever is on pole position, so to speak, I know it didn't work last year, but um, whoever's on pole position will have a strong chance of winning because overtaking is pretty tricky here. Um, and the, you know, Imola has a lot more, I don't know if it has a lot more corners, but a lot more uh, trickier corners. It's more more like the middle sector of Bahrain than the rest of Bahrain. Bahrain doesn't actually have that many corners, which I think helped mask perhaps the Mercedes issues. Um, so I think Red Bull are going to be strong because the Red Bull at the middle sector of Bahrain was an absolute beast, like madness. Um, so yeah, so I think Mercedes might have a trickier one. Bottas was on good form here last year. It was only because of... Sebi Vets end plate getting stuck in his barge board that he, uh, he potentially lost out on that win. So, yeah, maybe he needs to turn up this weekend. He can't have another weekend like Bahrain because, like I said, he was nowhere near Hamilton and Verstappen. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. I think, like I said, I think we can already, already say this is a title battle. As long as Perez is in the mix properly this weekend, it could be very spicy. Very, very spicy at the San Marino GP. Don't sue us. Is that racism? Are you stereotyping because he's from Mexico? Why? Why? Because <laughs> you've just said it's going to be spicy as long as Checo Perez gets involved. Oh, I genuinely thought I'd done something wrong then. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were perfectly fine. I'm just being... That's fine. Oh, well, that's fine. It's... some things never change. Um, <laughs> I mean, for me, I mean, in all likelihood, a, a strong Red Bull performance here would confirm that they are in this title fight. I, I would I would proceed with a little bit of caution just because, first of all, this isn't the first time a team has got a uh, a good handle on Mercedes early in the season. Remember 2017 and 2018, of course, Ferrari did pretty well early in the year and we know how, you know, that turned out three quarters of the way through the year. Lewis Hamilton was like, lol, no, goodbye. Um, and then that, that was that. So... <laughs> Now, admittedly, that was Ferrari um, and Red Bull would do a good job to match the incompetency of Ferrari. So, you know, they should be all right. And we we do know that Red Bull's notorious issue has been starting the season strong and it has been a case of them finishing the year strong. So theoretically, if they still have a good end to the year, they should be in an all right position. And there's also the thing that, you know, there's about 36,000 different... um, different circuits this year you know a 23 race calendar covid dependent so you know just two races into a 23 race season does that determine what the title battle is going to be it should do but also possibly not um this is a slightly different circumstance but if you think back to 2009 and uh, again it is a bit of a different circumstance but 
based on the first few races of that season, you would argue that, okay, this Braun is probably going to stack up as one of the most dominant cars of all time. It's probably going to be on a par with the, the MP44 or something ridiculous like that. At that point in the season, you would have said there is absolutely no chance that the Braun is going to have any competition this year. Now, of course, there was one very significant reason as to why the Braun was doing so well early in that year. But Red Bull came back in the second half of the year. And whilst I guess it was just about a title fight, but it was much closer than anyone would have given it credit for. I don't think the same thing's going to happen this year. But just because your performance is somewhere after two races doesn't mean it's going to be there after 10 races or after 15 or after 20 races. So there is still a long way to go, is the long and short of it. Um, the, The encouraging thing for Red Bull, if they do well this weekend, is that Imola and Bahrain, there is really not a lot that they have in common you know it similarities uh don't start uh th- th- there isn't many of them put it that way uh Bahrain like you say Harry not many corners there might well have masked the issues that Mercedes actually have um and and Imola we know that outside of the you know outside of the the start finish straight it's mostly corners um so if Red Bull can be strong, not only at a circuit that relies on top speed and um, you know relies on the the engine power, if they can do well at a circuit like Imola that relies heavily on aerodynamics, then theoretically they've got both ends of the spectrum covered and they should be all right going forward. Um, yeah, and it is going to be a question of Sergio Perez as well. Um, yeah, the the first race, it's easy to forget that it was his first race at Red Bull, but he did a great job and he just needs to needs to qualify better very simply um and put together a more standard red bull race and that should give them a lot of confidence going forward if he can do such a thing i mean with mercedes we you picked up on this harry how much they struggled in the middle sector which is the only one that really features any corners we go to a we go to a circuit here that is nearly all corners not only might they not compete with Red Bull, do you think there's any chance that another team might have a might have a go at Mercedes, Harry? Oh, that's uh we've moved on to bold predictions already, Ben. Um <laughs> I I would say no. I mean only only if something untoward happens on the first lap or uh, you know, say yeah, one of them gets a bad start and gets stuck behind another car, I think then it's entirely plausible that, you know, they could be beaten by you know the the rest of the midfield, one or one of the rest of the midfield, um, because as I said earlier, it's, it's pretty tricky to overtake in in uh, Imola, and we know that the Mercedes doesn't cope very well when it's in traffic. So yeah, I think I think they'll on broad pace they'll they'll still be at least on the second row. Um, but if something did happen where they lost out at the start of the race and got stuck, then I think it's entirely possible. Um, but outright pace. I wouldn't. I ca- I cannot bet against the uh, team that have won the last seven world championships. It's too. It's too much. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We will indeed. Uh, is, Sam, what 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 do you think? Do you think there's any chance that Mercedes might get caught napping by a uh, by a midfield team? I don't think they'll get caught napping. It's, it's Mercedes. Mercedes are very aware of what's going on around them. Toto is a brilliant team. They but they've lent their brilliant power engine, uh, which is still, like I say, just the fastest in a straight line, to uh, McLaren. 
McLaren have definitely made chassis work. McLaren looked potent with Daniel Ricciardo and Lando Norris in Bahrain. Um, I really do think that this track is going to suit their aerodynamic capabilities. I wouldn't be shocked to see McLaren nipping up the hills now of uh, both Mercedes and Red Bull. I still think there's going to be a little gap between those two teams and the rest of the midfield, but I think McLaren, if a little mistake is made, if someone isn't on top performance, they're going to swoop in and take what they need. I really think they've got a chance. Yeah, I think I think Mercedes have right to be slightly concerned, um, considering it was really the first and third sectors where they, they made up their advantage in Bahrain, and it wasn't the middle sector, which which resonates the most with what we're going to see. Um, I, I would be surprised if, if a midfield team did compete with them. But at the same time, I don't think it's a, it's a ridiculous notion. This is something very, very new for the 2021 season um, that we haven't seen before. Like usually would, because we have preseason testing in, in Barcelona where, you know, it's very, average circuit and I mean that both in terms of the entertainment it provides and also in terms of the variety of corners that we, that we get there you know it, there are slow medium fast you've got the straights it is very it's got a bit of everything Catalonia so usually you're able to grasp where the teams are because they've only raced in Bahrain so far that is such a, a circuit that's dependent on on the power the power unit there could be a circumstance where you know Imola actually does shake up the order quite a bit I choose to have faith in Mercedes for the reasons that you've already stated. There's a reason they they have achieved what they have, but who knows? You you never know. One of the, one of the factors here is that whilst we saw loads of two and three stops at Bahrain, it seems pretty likely that this is going to be a one stop race. The return of one stops. Come on, said no one. Um, and because of that, if you've got a team. Yeah, if there's if something happens on the first lap and and one of these McLarens or AlphaTauris or Ferraris or whoever it might be, if they can get ahead of one of the Mercedes and then essentially not let them pass, protect against the undercut, then that that might be the job done there and there as long as they can prevent the overtake on circuits. So, you know, because of the lack of pit stops, maybe that could open the door. But we'll we'll see. It's going to be an intriguing one. With that in mind, Old predictions. Sam, what have you got? Well, it's pretty difficult to kind of know what's going on this early on in the season. And my bold prediction last time out was an epic fail. I mean, I don't think we've heard the phrase epic fail for a while, but I got literally so much wrong last time that it was uh, pretty painful. And I'm stalling now, folks, because why I'm stalling is because I still haven't really made my mind up on what I think it's going to be. But I'm going to go with... Fernando Alonso finishing in the top five. Love it. They are bringing upgrades. They are bringing upgrades, um, which, to be honest, after Bahrain, it seems like they're needed. But Yeah, big time. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Alonso versus Schumacher. Uh, how about that? Bit of a yeah. bit of old school. Old school Limbler. What are you saying, Harry? What's your bold prediction? Um. Mine does kind of follow on from what we were just saying about Mercedes. Uh, I'm going to go for there will be three different manufacturers on the podium and not one of them will be a Mercedes. Whoa! I'm... Three different manufacturers. Oh, baby, there's three! Um, <laughs> Harry, just, I'm not going to include this in your bold prediction, but who are you thinking will be those manufacturers? Haas. Williams and Bernardi. 
<laughs> oh no, god, no, yes. I, Get my eye to the top. Yeah, go on. Um, no, I don't know. Red Bull being one. Maka, who chuck a Ferrari in there? They've not had a pony for a long time. Well, it's going to affect your poll one, two, three as to which ones you say. So we'll see when it comes to that. Um, I'll, I'll think. And of course, you've got to be full of confidence after your both Haas will be in the points prediction. <laughs> became, so. It was one of the most embarrassing team performances I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, to I mean, be fair, because of me. Ma- Mazepin was close. He, he was really, he was really close. Um, oh God! Oh, oh no! Oh, I, who knows? Maybe, maybe this is the week. Uh, my one revolves around. I mean, I've gone fairly bold here. I think I'm, I, I'm going with God Leclerc. He's gonna. He, it's a godly weekend. I can feel it. He's he's already got a win for Ferrari at Monza. Now we go to somewhere else in Italy. He's gonna. He's he, he's feeling good about this one as well. I think Leclerc is gonna be on the podium. Oh, the holy sunshines will rain down upon him because he is God Leclerc. That's pretty bold. Considering that they've had what? How many podiums they had in the last twelve months? Two. Not many out of ten. <laughs> yeah, um, God Leclerc. He's gonna he's gonna show up this weekend. It's gonna be one of his good ones. Um, poll one two three. Harry, I, I want to hear from you because there's three different manufacturers here, and none of them are Mercedes. So please go ahead. I'm going to go for Max Verstappen on pole again, third one in the row, um, and then Verstappen will win the race. Norris will be second, <laughs> and Leclerc will be third. I agree with you that one, that one, Ben. Well, that that uh, that means my uh, my bold prediction has been made much less bold, considering you've also predicted it, but not as a bold prediction. How is that like? Obviously, that's happening, Ben. You moron. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, I, I don't know if you can top that one, Sam, but poll one, two, three. I mean, no, I can't. Mine's going to be a really, mine's going to be a great weekend, but the result is going to be very standard. We're going to have a Max Verstappen poll, a Max Verstappen wing, Hamilton will be in second, and Perez will get his first podium for the team. Interesting, interesting. I'm going to go with um, triple max on pole. Um, I'm going with Verstappen as well. I've got Verstappen taking the win. I think Lewis Hamilton is going to finish P2 in what I hope will be round two of their epic duel that will go 23 rounds this year. Um, And Charles Leclerc is going to finish third. Which of us are right? The answer is none of us, but we're interested to know what your poll one, two, three predictions are as ever. Uh, we'll move on to our next topic, which is looking at what Mr. Martin Brundle has had to say about Daniel Ricciardo, saying basically he can understand why he moved to Renault back in 2019, but he thinks it was a mistake. Looking at it in hindsight, Harry, do you think it was a mistake? I I don't think it was. I, I think um, what's Ricardo really missed out on in the past two years, uh, you know, Verstappen's had, I don't know, four wins, five wins in the last two years, 19 and 20, maybe even less than that. Um, you know, Ricardo might have had a chance of challenging for a couple of those. Uh, but... I don't think I think the bigger problem was for Ricardo was that he couldn't stay because as we've seen with 
Albon and Gasly, that team is very much focused around Verstappen. And I think Ricardo could see the writing on the wall, hence why they couldn't get him to stay even by throwing more, more and more money at that deal. Um, I think, yeah, I think for his own sake, that was a sensible decision. Obviously, the Renault, the the Renault venture did, hasn't had no didn't go as well as he'd potentially hoped. Particularly nineteen, I think twenty twenty was a solid year, and I think twenty twenty was where he thought they would have been in twenty nineteen, um, and they weren't. So then, you know, he made that decision to go to McLaren, which I think now is actually a good decision for 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 Ricardo. And to be honest, I don't think it's really dented his reputation. Again, I think 2020 made us all remember how good Ricardo can be. Um, yeah, so I, I don't think it was a mistake. I think it was the wrong team and perhaps he should have gone to McLaren. But if you look to the midpoint of 2018 when he was making that decision, I mean, you couldn't have got a monkey to go and drive the McLaren. It was awful. So, um, yeah, I, it's all, all based on the decisions you make at the time. And I think at the time, Renner was the right call for where he, ne- he needed to get out of Red Bull. He needed to go somewhere. So I think Renner was the right call. And I think now he's got into the right team, which is McLaren. Um, so I don't think it's a mistake. It's, you know, it's uh, it's added a couple of years onto his career that he probably didn't need. But I don't think it matters too much. I think there's enough of a talent to still make his way to the top. And hopefully that's with Maka. Um, I follow up question to to one of the things you mentioned there because you said and I don't think many people would disagree with this that Red Bull has become a very Max Verstappen centric team has it become a Verstappen centric team because Ricardo left or was the writing on the wall already there good question I think it's definitely got worse I think that it's uh, exaggerated it um I think you know even if you look at uh when did they it was Azerbaijan 2018 which, you know, they, they've been banging wheels all race. And I, I think it was a 50-50. Ricardo got his braking wrong. Verstappen did his, his little jink over in the braking zone. But I seem to remember Helmut Marko particularly coming out in defence of Verstappen almost straight away. So uh, may, I, th- I think Ricardo perhaps saw, saw it coming. Uh, it wasn't anywhere near as bad as it is now. And perhaps that has now exaggerated exaggerated it by you know, making Verstappen that number one driver. But I think for Ricardo's sake, are we saying Ricardo is as good as Verstappen? They're, they're, they're on a par, but I think, you know, decisions may have started to go more Verstappen's way as the years wore on, as we saw with Mark Webber. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on this one, Sam? Do you think that this was an error from Ricardo to move from Red Bull? It depends how you look at the overall situation. If you're going to look at it in terms of pure race results uh, and where Renault wanted to be from when Ricardo joined to where they finished, then I wouldn't declare it as an ultimate success. I wouldn't say this will go down in history as Ricardo's biggest triumph. But if you look at Ricardo in terms of his reputation amongst the F1 fans, his ability to show his overtaking manoeuvres, uh, improve cars that are struggling, consistency in a midfield team, Ricardo has done that in the bucketfuls. Ricardo, for me, has improved his reputation massively by showing that he can go to another team, adapt to the other team, coming fighting, and deliver brilliantly strong results. The fact that he's got podiums in that Renault says something to me that I think other drivers couldn't be able to do. Um, Ricardo, for me, is really good off my estimates. I already saw Ricardo as one of the best on the grid at the moment. For me, this just cemented that even further. So, no, I don't think this was an error. 
I think this is a really positive move. I think he was right to move away from Red Bull. I don't think he was going to gain anything further from there. They weren't going to win championships. He wasn't going to end up being the first driver. I think Max was always destined to be the first driver. Helmut Marco does have a rather large soft spot for Max Verstappen. I think that was always evident. And as Max grew into his career, that was becoming more and more obvious. So Ricardo made the right choice. He's now in a very, very, very appropriate team for him that is on the up. I think Ricardo's doing all the right things. I don't think Ricardo will ever get the chance to be a world champion, unfortunately, as much as I'd love to see it. Uh, but he's doing everything he can to give himself a long-lasting, fulfilling, and very gratifying career that a lot of fans are going to remember and cherish. And I think when he leaves the sport, he will be seen as a very successful racing driver. Yeah, I think in terms of whether this is a mistake or not, the only person that can truly answer is is Daniel Ricardo because he's the only one who knows what his his true motivation is in formula 1 and whatever that is is going to is going to answer whether that this was a mistake or not if it's ricardo's intention and his motivation to gain as much money as possible from formula 1 it was not a mistake because renault pl- paid him a heck of a lot to be there um so in that in that sense no it wasn't a mistake um to your point sam if if it was his intention to go to another team and build a team up and have you know have some scraps in the midfield show what he can do then no again it wasn't a mistake based on that either um and to your point harry it's not as if red bull have gone and won championships whilst he's been away 2021 notwithstanding on that who knows maybe that that could work out for them what's important to ricardo only ricardo knows only ricardo can answer that honestly uh, and that's going to that's going to drive us to whether this was this was a mistake or not i think it's easy to say in hindsight that it was a mistake because we can see where renault are now or alpine as they are now um and, and we can say that it was a mistake because they're not competing with red bull and mercedes but that's the beauty of hindsight and you have to remember where renault were at the time ricardo joined I might be getting years slightly mixed up here, but you know, 2016, I think Renault were perhaps ninth in the championship, eighth or ninth, something along those lines, when they had the dream team of Magnussen and Palmer, and you know, they were only they weren't much quicker than the likes of, of Manor and Sauber at that time. They improved in about three years. They improved to be fourth in the championship behind the top three of Ferrari, Red Bull, and Mercedes. So they were definitely a team in the ascendancy when Ricardo joined them, all the signs were there that they were progressing up the grid. As we know now, 2019 was a pretty awful year for them where not only did they not plateau, they, they fell backwards. Um, could you foresee that coming until you actually go out and do the 2019 season? Possibly not. So, um, you know, decisions where a driver voluntarily leaves a top team to go to an up and coming team it's it's pretty rare um and you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't it worked pretty well for Lewis Hamilton didn't work so well for Daniel Ricciardo can you put that on Ricciardo tough to say um but you know a, a lot of this comes back to to Red Bull did did he run away from a fight with Verstappen you know because he 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 was competitive with Verstappen there wasn't a lot between them whatsoever um at least in terms of points did he run away from that fight and this is an argument that is often used against Nico Rosberg when he left in 2016 completely unfairly in my book but you know Rosberg had had his reasons for retiring Ricardo wanted to keep racing so there was clearly some motivation to move away from that uh, that winning team that he was a part of uh, I only he can answer this absolutely honestly. If his if his goal is to be a world champion, I think it was a mistake. 
who knows maybe mclaren maybe mclaren turn it well they they are in the process of turning it around maybe they give him an opportunity to win the title because even if he doesn't win one i think the honey badger in a title fight would be entertaining as hell oh yes sign me up Uh, moving on to Rob Smedley. Good, good old Rob. Oh, you, you've got to love Rob Smedley, haven't you? You've got to love him. All right, um, Rob. <laughs> yeah, he is actually listening. Um, little known fact. Uh, yeah, so Rob Smedley um, has experience of a new driver joining Ferrari because he was with Felipe Massa when it happened back in 2006. Um, and he's been comparing that experience to the experience of Carlos Sainz joining Ferrari this year. And he doesn't actually believe that Massa did it in the best way possible, perhaps made some statements about matching or beating Michael Schumacher that, of course, didn't come to fruition, put a lot of pressure on himself. Carlos Sainz has done it slightly differently, hasn't really come out with those sorts of statements and um, hasn't necessarily said he's going to beat Charles Leclerc, who's the much more established Ferrari talent, straight away. Um, so in terms of Sainz's approach to this move, Sam, do you think he's, he's doing this correctly? Can I just shout out the combination of the man from West Yorkshire and the man from Brazil, by the way? What a brilliantly infamous combination of personalities Rob Smegley and Felipe Massa were. Absolutely love that. Um, do I think that Carlos Sainz has gone about this the right way? Do I think that he, him not boasting, him not coming out all big guns, him not saying he's going to achieve the world in the first 30 seconds is the right thing to do? Especially when it's Ferrari? 100% yes. Ferrari are still a family. Ferrari are still behind closed doors. Ferrari have a hierarchy. Ferrari have a certain way of working. I think Carlos Sainz has understood that way of working. I think Carlos Sainz has grasped how Ferrari's culture works, what they want in a driver. They don't want flashy, over-the-top arrogance or too much public energy going on. Ferrari have a focus. They have a man that they like to pick and choose, and then they get it done. It's a reason why Fernando Alonso didn't do as well at Ferrari as I think he would have liked to have done, unfortunately. Alonso, we know, is a very outlandish personality, and we'd bloody love it. Like, that's something that Ferrari do. Um, Carlos Sainz not promising the world is also brilliant. There's so much expectation on that Ferrari team at the moment. Um, they desperately need to build. They're looking to get themselves back on the top. We know that Ferrari fans will not stand for a team in red not being in the top two or three fighting for a championship for more than a couple of seasons. This is the weakest season they've had for a long period of time now. Um, so I think Sainz has done the right thing. He's keeping his cool. He's going to deliver on the track and he's going to try and be up there with Leclerc who's doing a very good job in that car. I think that's exactly what you need to do. Do you talking on the track and Carlos Sainz is willing to do that. I, I think it's exactly the right way to do it. Yeah, of course, early days, only one Grand Prix into his Ferrari career. But um, Harry, do you think that he's approaching it in the right manner? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, he's been to a, a new team a couple of times now. Um, and when he went to Renault, I'm not saying he was mouthing off before he went there, but he got beaten by beaten by Hulky B. So, um he he knows that you can't just start saying these things and because it can easily go the other way. Um, and yeah, and then to Sam's point, you know, it doesn't matter where Ferrari are on the grid. Um, there's always a huge weight of expectation on a Ferrari driver. So, and I guess even more so when they're not winning uh, as they are aren't at the moment. So, um, yeah, it was a sensible thing to do. I don't. I I never had signs down for someone to start saying those sorts of things before. You know, before he joined a new team, I think he's been very—he's been very quiet. It's kind of been the quietest um, 
you know, new new team joiner of 2021, I think. He's just kind of got on with it, even through, like, testing, pre-season. Um, yeah, he's just quietly gone about his business. And he had a, he had a solid first weekend. Um, and, you know, it wasn't as good as Leclerc's, but that kind of went under the radar because he hasn't really been shouting about it. So, yeah, I definitely think it's a sens- sensible, sensible move, um, yeah, particularly in the context of joining Ferrari because... Um, they don't like it when you talk a lot. No, um, and in that sense, I, I, I do think that Carlos Sainz is approaching this absolutely correctly. Um, I will preface this by saying one of the things I, I was going to say detest. No, actually, that is strong enough. One of the things <laughs> I detest about Formula One, uh, and there aren't many things, is how there isn't a lot of fighting talk and it's usually the opposite of fighting talk it's usually teams saying how they're rubbish and all the other teams are going to beat them um which is something yeah like i say can't stand it but in this instance i actually think it makes sense for carlos Sainz to not come out uh, with any brash comments and to to suggest that he's going to start beating Charles Leclerc straight away because him not saying it doesn't necessarily mean it can't happen you know, the talking is done on the track. That's that's always been the case. Um, and it's not as if Charles Leclerc did the same when he came into the team and probably started beating Sebastian Vettel. Um, and I think Carlos Sainz is actually in a slightly more advantageous position compared to what Charles Leclerc was in because, you know, Charles Leclerc was definitely walking into that first driver, second driver situation. Like, they made it abundantly clear that Sebastian Vettel was going to get preferential treatment to Charles Leclerc in 2019. Charles Leclerc's response to that was, "Okay, I'm just going to I'm just going to beat him. Sorry, sorry guys." Um, and he, he just went ahead and did it. Um, I don't actually think Carlos Sainz is walking into a first driver, second driver situation here. I actually think he is walking into uh, an equal stance position, uh, and in which case he can just take advantage of that by getting his head down and, and, and cracking on with it. I, I, I do think his, his first race weekend with at Bahrain went well. Um, it did go under the radar somewhat. I think this will serve him in the long term. You know, his, his intention has to be to make a claim for that seat uh, long term because he has got drivers behind him um, who are, who are going to want to take that position away from him, the likes of Mick Schumacher. And there are plenty of other talented drivers in the Ferrari Young Driver Academy that will want to take his spot. Carlos Sainz has to prove that his position in the team is not a temporary fix whilst the young drivers gain their experience. He needs to prove that he deserves to be there ahead of those guys. And I think it it makes sense for him to have this workmanlike approach to it. And I mean, if if, if Rob Smedley wants to give out Carlos Sainz advice, I, I would say, Rob, just... Just, just come back to Ferrari. Go back into your old role. It's entertaining. Just, yeah. just go ahead and do it. Yeah. Carlos is faster than you. I mean, <laughs> if he doesn't want to do that, he's more than welcome to stand next to my bedside table and act like a uh, relaxation meditation music. Sam, close your eyes. Go to sleep. It's time to relax. Yeah, I don't think he's going to do that. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It, it's just instinct. It's not going to happen. Maybe he could go into building garden furniture and change his business name to Rob Shegley. Moving on. Um... <laughs> uh, 
Um, you know, as, as promised, halfway you know, halfway through this show, um, we're going to go live to, to Sam Sage from from 1963. How's, how's Jim Clark getting on, Sam? Yeah, he's won. It's good, isn't it? Great stuff. Thanks for the report, Sam. Um, with that done and dusted, we're going to move on to F1 back and forth. It's back and forth. F1 back and forth. It's F1 back and forth. It goes backwards, then goes forth. It's F1 back and forth. F1. Oh, I bloody love cool. that jingle. There's nothing okay, quite like it. Um, bit of a bit of an interesting one for you today. There are definitely some easy answers to this one, but there are some a, a few tricky ones as well. So intrigued to see how you get on with it. Um, if you haven't seen it before, where have you been? Uh, just kidding. These are the rules. Um, with, there are a certain number of correct answers to the category I'm about to give out. Harry and Sam will go back and forth, as the title suggests, until one of them can't think of a right answer or gives a wrong answer. So... You feel, you're feeling confident, Harry? Do you think you've got the win this time? Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure, that, that Sam guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, go on then. That is a very good point of view to have. Well, I'll, I, won't, uh, I won't keep you waiting anymore. The, the category today is this. Any driver that has raced for Jordan or any of its future uh, versions... Since 1994. Oh. So any any Jordan driver from 94 to 2005, any Midland driver, any Spiker driver, Force India, Racing Point, or Aston Martin. So you've got all of those iterations of what Jordan once was. Since 94. I haven't done it quite since the start of Jordan because they had about 26 different people racing for them in 1993. And I didn't want there to be... Six million different answers. So since 1994, Harry, if you wouldn't mind kicking us off on this one, um, Rubens Barrichello. Rubens Barrichello is a correct answer. Going old school to start with. Love it, Sam. Um, Adrian Sutil. Adrian Sutil. This is not chronological, ladies and gents. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a correct answer, though, Harry. Eddie Irvine. Big Eds. What a guy. <laughs> yeah, going way back with Eddie Irvine, but it's a correct answer. Sam? Um, choo Choo, it's Yano Trulli. Yano Trulli. Yes, Yano Trulli is a correct answer. Harry? Martin Brundle. Martin Brundle is a correct answer. Sam? Is that some thin air I need to defend against? Yeah. It's Giancarlo Fisichella. <laughs> oh, Fizzy, we're sorry. Uh, yeah, of course, remember 2009 Belgian Grand Prix pole position? That was pretty epic. Harry? Um, Ralph Schumacher. Yeah, Ralph Schumacher, as a, as a young'un, raced for Jordan. Sam? Um, Tiago Montero. Yes, a very well-deserved podium at the US Grand Prix, despite a lot of competition. Um, th- third of six, not a bad result. Um, what a lad. Harry, who's next? Um, Dill. Oh, <laughs> I, I had to properly think about what on earth you're on about there. 
So I believe that was B Hill, which would be yes. Damon Hill, um, yeah. and that's the correct answer. <laughs> Sam. Um, ben, this one goes out to you. It's Marcus Winklehock. Yeah, Marcus Winklehock. What a guy. Super sub at the European Grand Prix 14 years ago. Harry. Um, Heinz Harold Frentzen. Heinz Harold Frentzen is a correct answer. Going with a lot of the old ones to start with. Enjoying it. Uh, Sam, who's next? Uh, Mercedes Paul DeResta. <laughs> <laughs> nice of Paul DeResta to give himself as an answer, so thank you, Paul. Um, it's correct. Good to have him on. Thanks, Paul. Cheers, Paul. Um, Harry. Um, Jean Lacey. Crazy John Lazy did race for. I almost forgot that he did, but he did race. Crazy for eyes. Sam, who's next? Um, I'm starting to struggle with this. Um, oh, let's just make it a bit. Angika Hulkenberg. Ulkenberg. Ulkenberg. Right <laughs> wow. Harry. Um. Takuma Sato. Yeah, Takuma Sato. Correct um, answer. Sam. Um, Vitantonio Liuzzi. Yeah, Liuzzi did race for the team. Harry. Um, everyone's second favourite Irishman, Ralph Verman. <laughs> Who's first? <laughs> Eddie Jordan, obviously. <laughs> Louis Walsh snubbed again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hate this. Sam. Um, Sergio Perez. Sergio Perez. Uh, a very obscure answer, but correct. Sorry, yeah. You know, someone's got to get that. The, the yeah, good ones. sure. Harry. Um, Giorgio Pantano. Pantano, yep. Going back to 03 for when Pantano raced for them, but he's a correct answer. Sam. Esteban Ocon. Esti Oc, as we like to call him. Yep. Yeah, he was famously. There. Yep, really famously. Harry. Um, Lance Stroll. <laughs> what, a dull, <laughs> what a dull answer. <laughs> also, it's right. Well done. Sam. Uh, quick Nick. Nick Heidfeld. Uh, I want to give you a bonus point, but I, I can't. But yes, um, Quick Nick. Quick Nick. Yes. What a guy. He's correct um, answer. I'm so happy when Quick Nick is an answer. That just makes my evening. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Harry. Um, Narain Kartikeyan. God damn it, Harry. <laughs> yes, the uh, the cucumber, as Sebastian Vettel referred to him as. <laughs> Still the best insult ever. Um, how many more have we got left? We've got another. You're doing well. You've got eight left overall, Sam. Can you run through the teams again, please, so I can try and remember them? Yeah, so all Jordan to start with, then Midland, yeah. Then, yeah. then Spiker, yeah. then Force India, then Racing yeah. Point, and then Aston Martin. Right, cool, good, okay. Um, am I going to get this really wrong if I say something very obvious and say, Michael Schumacher? He 
race for Jordan, but not after 1994. Oh, that's happened to me before, that has. Yeah, that was the... This is the Jackie X. Damn, my brilliant knowledge not applying to the correct timescales. Yeah, if, if anyone who remembers this episode, we were doing this game uh, and Sam said that Jackie X raced for Williams, which was correct. The problem is Jackie X wasn't like 70 years old when he did it, so it wasn't a right answer. Um, yeah, sorry. Correct answer in that he raced for Jordan, but not uh, in the right time frame. So could you get the others is the question. How many more are there? Uh, yeah. Eight. Eight more. Eight? Eight, oh, yes. God. Sack on Yamamoto. <laughs> oh, nice one. <laughs> I, I would not have got Yamamoto. I completely forgot. I'm sorry. That, I'm sorry, Yamamoto. But yeah, that is the correct answer. Did Christian uh, Albers? Did he do it? Albers, yeah. Albers is I, right. Do I not say I Albers? Did you say Montero? Oh, uh, I thought it said Albers yes. at the start. Uh, maybe. maybe, maybe you didn't. I just didn't cross it off. Um. Fizzy's been back to that team multiple times, hasn't he? He was there in yeah. like 90, yeah. then the noughties, then again. Uh, I don't know anymore. Well, did Timo Glock race him for a bit? He did, yeah. Before he had his main run at uh, Toyota, he um, he did race for Jordan back in oh three, maybe. Something like that. I think I, I, think I am all out of answers now, though. Fair enough. Any more from you, Sam? Um, Timo Glock was one of the other ones that I had. Um, there's one guy who, no, that's Test Driver. I'm trying to think of, um, what's he called? Ernesto, whatever he was from Colombia, I think it was, or Venezuela, that tested for them. Twero? No, I think it was v- Vizo. Ernesto Vizo. Oh, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he didn't race. So, no, I think, I think I'm think i out of actual race names, I'm afraid. Uh, I mean, going as far back as you can, uh, Cesaris, uh, Love, love to crash into Cesaris. Uh, what, Suzuki. Is still there in 1994? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just about. Just about. Uh, Suzuki. Aguri Suzuki. That's a correct answer. Um, Ricardo Zon. two cars Z- put Big Zons. Big Zons. Big Zons. Ricardo Zonta was a correct answer. Um, Hungary's greatest driver of all time, Jolt Baumgartner, was a correct answer. <laughs> oh. um, and... Uh, unless I've completely missed this, um, I don't think I have. You forgot to say Sebastian Vettel. Oh I mean, you are right. We didn't say Sebastian <laughs> Vettel. That is actually correct. Uh, little known fact, Sebastian Vettel did race for Aston Martin back in 2021. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, I was Har- about to say, when was he in Jordan? Didn't remember that Yeah. One. How old yeah. is he? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Vettel and De Cesaris absolutely wrecking it up. Um, but yeah, that's been F1 back and forth. And Harry, you claim the win. I can't wait till the next time we play this and I get another driver from the same team, but before the years have started. We'll make a list of them soon. F1 world champions before 2000. Lewis Hamilton! <laughs> <laughs> That is so sad. <laughs> oh. I can't wait for it to happen already. Uh, I mean, for this kind of guy, what what a guy! Uh, for this podcast, Sam, if you wouldn't mind getting us out of here because we have a race weekend to get ready for. 
Folks, we've got to go and get ready for it. It requires three days of showering. We've got to get outfits, hair and makeup. It's a lot yeah. of work to get sorted. And to, to start saying the name, we've got to start saying it on Friday evening. So it's finished <laughs> by the time the road starts. It is ridiculous. Um, if you enjoyed the preview, let us know. Join us on Twitter at LBreaking. Or if you fancy watching some silly videos that we make, dig over to YouTube. Late Breaking over there as well. Uh, come back and join us after the race for the review. Hopefully it's a crazy one. Hopefully we've got lots to talk about. Hopefully you're very angry about something, so you'd like to hear our opinions. We always appreciate that. Uh, in the meantime, I have been Samuel Sage. I've been Ben Hawking. I've been Harry Eats. And remember, keep breaking late. Podcast Network.